what is a conference? If it's information transfer, then the whole thing's been unnecessary the entire time. If it's about being a member of a community, then get on a fucking plane. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana. I'm from the University of Oslo. I'm here with James Heathers from Cypher Skin. James, I've got a quiz for you today. Oh, shit. This was actually a quiz I found in the archives. Uh, originally, I was going to do this when we did our live Norway conference episode, but we had some technical problems, so I had to skip it. But I was cleaning out some files today, and I saw this quiz, and the title of this quiz... The title of this quiz for you, James, is Is this a metal band or a town in Norway? That's fantastic. Yeah. So oh, Dan, I thought this was going to be terrible. No. I thought it, this was going to be a, a rancid, terrible thing. Um, wow. Okay. So, so I'm going to name some names and you're going to tell me whether this is a town in Norway or a metal band. Okay. What if it's both? Uh, <laughs> I checked them, and unless they're incredibly obscure, they 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 are, they are not both. <laughs> but I check okay. these things. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, first one, Hammerfest. Hammerfest. Uh, it is a power metal band. No. It is a place in northern Norway. That's awesome! Isn't that the coolest? There's literally thing a town heard? called Hammerfest. Oh, I got the first one wrong. Yeah. Okay. Oh, James. But it, it was a good one. It was it was a tricky one. All right, next one. That's that's brilliant though. Uh, Hammerfest. Go on, <laughs> go and continue. I'm I'm in tra- I'm entrapped. Okay. Enraptured. Entrapped. I'm entrapped. Okay. Here we go. Next one. Solifold. Uh, one more time. Solifold. S O L I F U L D. No. S O L E F A L D. Solifold. Um. Black metal band. Yeah. I don't know the specific genre, but it, it is a metal band. Yeah. Okay, next one. Okay, you don't have to know the genre. I'll just say I'll just say band or yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, that's not, that's not doom metal, James. Technically, <laughs> wrong, it's blackened crust. Wrong, go on, wrong go on, genre. get on with it. All right, next one. Langsell. Oh, uh, sorry. You're going to have to immediately spell them after you say them. <laughs> this works much better written down, doesn't it? Yeah, Lengsel. You think of that, did you? L-E-N-G-S-E-L. L-E-N-G-S-E-L? That can't be a town. I don't know the band, though. I'm going to guess band. That's a band. Okay. Okay, well done. All right, next one. Crapfoss. K-R-A-P-F-O-S-S. That's definitely a town. Yes. It's near, it's near okay. where I live, actually. I, I have a laugh and I drive past it every day. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Helheim. Oh, band. Yes. Do you know that one or you just you just were confident? Yep. Okay. Um, Coldbran. K-O-L-D-B-R-A-N-N. Uh, band. Yes. All right. Four more to go. Grimstud. Ah, um, that's almost certainly both, um, but it sounds like a town. Yeah. I can't recall a band called Grimstad, especially, it would have to be Norwegian, um, 
Yeah, we'll go town. We'll go town. Cool. Done. Okay. Uh, three, three more Ooh, to go. You start. That's, yes. You're doing well. Okay. Hell. Oh, just H-E-L? H-E-L-L. Oh, there's... I mean, that... If there's there's more than one band called that, so I mean, it could also be a town. Um, no, that's both, Dan. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, these were Norme- Norwegian metal bands. Actually, I should have specified given the oh. given the names. Okay. Two more. Um, yeah. Okay. Ullevall. U l l e v a l. Uh, band. No place. Okay. Last one. That was a guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess wrong. <laughs> that, 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 that's actually the main hospital in the country, so I thought that would have gotten the laugh from, from the rest of the Norwegian um, audience. So everyone... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that the plan back in the day was to make me look stupid in front of Norwegians. So, I mean, we really should have done it. We should have done it. We should have done it. Okay, final one. Mirkskog. M-Y-R-K-S-K-O-G. Oh, M-Y-R-S... K O G Mirskog. Yeah. Band. That is correct. Well done. Yeah. I think I think you got about two thirds of those right. Um, Off to a shaky start, but that was uh, that was impressive. I think, no, no, no. I think I, I think I got a couple wrong. Um, it's yeah. That's um. I don't know that band. This is yeah. This is quite specific to uh, the Norwegians. Yeah, I don't listen to a ton of black metal. Some of these sound very black metal names, um, and that is, of course, what Norway has been famous for since the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, you know that and herring, um, petrochemicals. Yeah, <laughs> all that, all that uh, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's surprisingly. I think I do a lot. I think I do a lot better at Sweden. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Someone wants to make that quiz. Uh, Dan can embarrass me with that <laughs> as well. Said it that way. Do we actually do we actually have anything useful to do this week? Dan? <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, one thing I want to talk about this week is in a lot of countries, things are slowly, slowly, slowly getting back to normal after the pandemic. The, seen the, oh, vac- yeah. the vaccine rates I, in the states. I had I had that experience yesterday. I got a plane yesterday, and uh, I would say the airport was three times busier than it has been in any other point in time. So rather than being low-key horrified in the partially empty airport, I went immediately back to being deeply annoyed at everyone else who was in the airport and acting normally. Acting normal. their inability to perambulate and uh, people chewing with their mouth open, spreading their bags across three seats, um, generally looking, feeling, smelling, and acting dreadful in every possible opportunity. There's something about the airport that is designed to suck every last vestige of class from <laughs> a great uh, level. I don't I don't know what it, yeah, the great leveler where we all instantly become the scummy caricatures of ourselves. So I I stood in a corner and made phone calls and resented everyone. But um I mean it was uh, my utter misanthropy at airports uh, notwithstanding it certainly was a normal airport experience rather than a pandemic airport yeah. experience um so yeah i back it man it's definitely it does feel like now that the kind of large macro social 
events that happen, the places of congregation are changing. Um, maybe prematurely in the US, but, you know, when has that ever killed anyone? <coughs> 600,000 people. Um, ridiculous. Just, I can't, don't think that we should talk about that anymore before I lose my temper completely. I'm not even in a bad mood. So, yes, everything's getting back to normal, Daniel. Yeah. Or at least it is where we live. Yeah, so obviously. Not so much elsewhere. Yeah, in, in, in some countries, things are, things are getting much worse, but- in a lot of places, things are slowly getting back to normal or people are beginning to think about how things are going to change when things get as back to normal as they can be. And True, true. Um, earlier this week, we got uh, we got tagged on Twitter by a friend of the show, Paul Zur, who tweeted, could remote work in collaboration with a local university solve the ECRs have to uproot everything and move to another country every few years problem? And he followed this up with a clarification uh, in that essentially what you would do is that you would stay in wherever, whichever country you are and you okay. would partner with your local with your local institution. So say you were doing um, – I, th- I, think, I think there are two considerations here. There are some PhD and research positions which in theory you could do completely remotely um, yeah. uh, m- most of the humanities, um, computational neuroscience stuff, which is which is working with big data stuff, where you're not collecting data directly. But for those circumstances, which is a lot of people, where you uh, have to be in some sort of lab, his proposal is: Can you work with your local university and still actually be technically employed or doing your PhD? at another place, which would solve this huge issue, which we've spoken about. I think we even have an episode titled, Should You Have to Move, move Moving Away for Your Job, um, which is a huge mm. problem uh, for, for people in academia. So I want to talk about this, uh, this specific proposal and other things that we should consider changing now that things, or we're beginning to discuss things getting a little bit back to normal. So, James, your initial thoughts on this working remotely using a local lab proposal idea? Every Everyone's familiar with the pieces that underlie being able to make that decision. Uh, the fact that uh, a lot of work is hands-on and immediate. I mean, our throughout the entirety of the plague, um, our mechanical engineers have been at work. I mean, violently distanced under safety protocols that I didn't even grudgingly accept them. It was, I mean, people are in the office wearing 95s, um, temperature checks, everything's cleaned. Uh, we have UVC lights in the ducting. Um, wow. Because anything's recirculating. It's it's a hardware company, dude. I was like, dude, like, can we can we set up UVC flutters to do this thing? Um, how much intensity? Well, let's look it up. Da, 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 da. We'll plug it into the grid. And I'll, we'll put our own splitter in, et cetera, et cetera. So we just solved our own problems, which is a nice thing about working with engineers. Generally, you can solve your own problems. Um, so anyone who has a job, anything like that, um, especially uh, there's, but, I mean, there's plenty of scientific equivalents. Um, good luck uh, getting your immediate uh, biological experiments I, I imagine people were mailing tissue preparations and they come out as like a pink slime <laughs> rather than a tiny little affixed piece of uh like rat heart or something 
Um, it's not going to work. Um, any uh, any machinery, if you're a physicist, a whole slew of chemistry stuff. Um, so, good luck, doing, good luck doing field work without going to the field. Uh, <laughs> that might be. <laughs> can you imagine like, studying lava samples on Mount Loa, <laughs> like, ma- ma- mailing lava. it and hoping it doesn't cool down by the time it gets there? Um, a, a lot of a lot of science requires face to face stuff, but a lot of it doesn't. So those considerations are obvious. Um, and I mean, the experiential part of this is also obvious at the end. Some people expect to move. Some people want to move. Some people move. And yeah, a lot of the time you slum it, but you have a great time. I moved and slummed it and, uh, and there were a lot of challenges, but I wouldn't swap them um, for the alternative. Uh, but... And that feeds into an environment, of course, as well, who has the ability and access to do these things in the first place. What if you just can't, you can afford to go down the road, but you can't afford to go halfway around the planet, which is pretty fucking normal in a lot of places. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Second part is, of course, what you're describing is a, it just sounds like a collaboration. You know, we're already doing this. We already work with people that we met at the thing and the place. Um, You're taking away the social component of being able to make the ability to do collaboration in the first place. You go to a place, you meet people, things happen differently, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what I think is the really interesting thing at the core of this is how you set something like that up. And I can see substantial value in something that's like a partnership network because the primary problem here is – well, the, the primary proximal problem for people uh, is the lack of access, right? Um, it's thousands of dollars to move all your stuff and thousands of dollars to move you and your pets and your books and, you know, money travels a lot easier than people do. Um, but the distal problem is how do you set this up as something where you get paid by an institution overseas, that's frankly much more challenging than many, especially computational jobs, yeah? Um, because, you know, the, the component skill development is in the task. You're not learning to run the machine. You're learning to analyze the output. So how this would be facilitated is largely determined by will University A have a template agreement that is easy to set up and can be completed within the required amount of time with University B, where the relevant tax treaties are taken care of, where the relevant employment environment is taken care of. Um, I mean, one of the things that you'd find, especially in the US, if you're going from the US outwards, right? If you're earning money from an overseas company, the tax environment is different. And these practical concerns, and, and of course, you know, could a university get it facilitated in two weeks rather than six months? Don't hold your fucking breath, right? Um, those are much harder to analyze than the subset, but fairly substantial subset of jobs where that's a really workable idea. Um, do, do I, as a, as a converse Example, do I like that better than the idea of giving students adequate resources to go overseas and participate in a program? I do not. Man, I was 
talking to um, my data science intern yesterday. Like, what are you going to do when you finish your master's? Because he's doing concurrently. And he's like, I want to see the world. I want to do remote stuff. Like, I really want to go here. I really want to go there. I really want to do all this stuff. Um, work uh, from, you know, have the uh, have remote work. As a data scientist. And spend a few months here and go around and live on the planet. I mean, because, you know, I mean, this is fucked us off. But imagine being in your uh, in your first proper job in your early 20s, earning enough money to travel, and then at the exact moment where you feel like, hey, this is going to be the oyster worldy thing. I'm going to go out, you know, stride boldly forth, et cetera, et cetera. That exact moment, the fucking planet shuts down. Yeah. Shit and you're me. sitting around your apartment. I mean, it would have shit me. It shits me in a completely different way. Now, I'm- rapidly hurtling towards middle age and have the general temperament of a affected hemorrhoid. It's uh it's 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 different. But yeah, obviously obviously it's gonna be a toss up. Um it would be really great if you were gonna facilitate this, here's what I'd do. I would pick a area of scientific endeavor where this works really well. Where people are used to collaborating. Um like this, where it was uh, for the, the right target of people, people who didn't want to move or go somewhere obscure, um, where skill transfer is possible digitally. And then I would try and facilitate a single scheme, maybe between two universities or a group of universities or like just the Russell universities and everyone else, et cetera, et cetera, um, where that's possible. Because there's actually a surprising amount to figure out when it comes to how could this happen. And you're talking about I'm not I'm here, but I'm not employed here. I'm employed there, and they technically pay me. Um, how does the currency work? Like, do you sign up as an internal employee even if you're not there? Or is it like, or does it you turn out to be a contractor or something because you're full time employed? Something, something. Um, imagine you'd move to. I imagine the complications if you'd move to the US. And then you didn't want to move back out somewhere else. So you were here to be employed on a visa that meant Ooh, you were employed here. Yeah? Yeah. And then you got a, a full-time job that was overseas paid by someone else. That couldn't work. The money would have to come here. And I'm sure there's lots of equivalent visa status. The money would have to come to uh, the institution of record would have to change, basically. So- I would, I would like anything like this. I mean, you want the first thing you want to do is tell me that anything, anything else. Yeah, I've said this in a lot of different other contexts. The first thing you want to do is make it work, and in making it work, you'll figure out what you can or can't do. Um, having it available as an option to, you know, people who don't have access, you could you could democratize an area or a field quite well. Um, that's it's cool. Um, it's just you know. Like most things, most things that are expressed briefly, uh, it's difficult to open the option. I, I, a gang of senior professors at a university, because you know they all fucking listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> a, gang of sen- a gang of senior professors could do serious damage in the right area with the right approach. Yeah, if you come up with a shared uh, employment, legal, etc. framework for doing it, uh, it's got legs. Um, but look, like most ideas, this is I mean I'm, there's no I don't think there's a lot of commercial value in that. Um, 
It's expensive. But like most ide- like most ideas, um, it requires a lot of doing, and it requires a lot of doing and attention being paid to the precise things that most people got into academia to avoid. Sorry. Well, practically, this the first thing that came to mind was that this is quite possible within Europe because most of the countries have Ooh, good um, point. tax treaties that they're not easy. Mm-hmm but they're more straightforward. We are actually doing this exact same thing at the University of Oslo where people cannot come into the country. And so we have actually hired a number of people. Um, These people in in these circumstances are all based within Europe who are employed by us and we had to get all the tax stuff sorted, um, all the social security stuff. Uh, It wasn't easy, but it was possible. We had to pay a bit of money for it, but we made it happen. And as a result, Hmm. these people um, are at home, wherever they are in Europe, and they are still working for us. So it's possible in that context. But I think these things are already happening, but a little bit more casually. I've heard a few circumstances of people which have basically said, you know, I want to continue working in my home country. Um, I want to be employed by this other country. And they speak to the local institution. They've basically got a handshake agreement going, hey, can I come in and have some office space and just, you know, just the intellectual sort of environment of hanging out with other people within my same field. And there's essentially a handshake agreement that the PI of that lab um, gets co-authored on the papers. So that that is... That is the agreement there. There's no, there's nothing when it comes to sort of, I mean, obviously all, all the tax stuff is sorted, but when it comes to the actual university, it is that sort of agreement. So these things are already happening in some regards. Mm. Um, so nothing is super formalized. Um, but that's already happening. But and the other thing that I like is something that's popping up in a lot of places are these co-working spaces. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> This, Go on. Yeah, so so you have you have these co co working spaces typically for tech workers, and this is quite popular for people who who are, who are working from home. Um, so one thing which which could be interesting, particularly for more cities that are academic hubs, is having a co working space where you can fill the gap. One, you can. Some people just don't like. Um, my wife did did an internal survey. Um, with with her with her work with like 200 employees and they were basically looking at do you prefer working at home or do you prefer going to the office and the majority of people um, obviously preferred working from home but th- there is a subset of people that actually prefer working in the office so w- whether it's because you were um, distracted or you just want to get out of the house or or whatever so there there is that need there so but the other point is having that kind of those just being around other people and having sounding boards and of course you can say oh we've got teams we've got slack but it's not quite the same as being in person so having like almost like it's it's not and you don't i mean this is this is part of a much broader conversation that is job and industry and country and culture specific in any given circumstance at which people, I mean, there's, there's all these articles now. Oh, oh, it's time to return to work. Oh, oh, we're never returning to work. Shut the fuck up. It's incredibly contextually dependent. Um, it, I mean, it depends on who runs the organization. Some people really value the internal culture of an organization that's changed when people are around each other. Yeah. And that will never happen the same way digitally and some people couldn't give a fuck uh brothers very important and that goes for both the people who are trying to set something like that and the people who participate in something like that 
Um, obviously, you know, in the academicals. Yeah, given the uh, organizations that they work for, otherwise known as universities, which are, let's be honest, regardless of their status, essentially for-profit institutions. So they're basically, they're big fucked up companies in a lot of very important ways. Not in others, but in this example. Um, what kind of organizational culture are you going to have? How's that going to shake out? Big shrug. Um, I really need to watch that documentary on how uh, on how we work managed to fuck everything up by essentially being a cult that leases desk space. They're back apparently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, hot desking is already a thing. It's, it's, you you already have like visiting professors and uh, people who are on short term contracts and like work to hire projects and whatever else. So it's not some new concept. Yeah. But it's more, it's more the concept of having an opportunity for people to get together when they can't physically get together in their place of work. Yeah. So if you want to do something and help about this, here's, here's another approach that's congruent to um, one we said before. Let's say that you, if you run an organization. Uh, if you've got an organization that could set this up and they basically help you get all this ironed out independently you know um that would there's there's possibilities there yeah there's po- it's also i mean it's possible to get good at this it's possible to get expert um i guess you could I mean you could have a small business that did that for universities that facilitated that something with a relevant knowledge of all the uh all the available paperwork of which there is probably reams in the wrong context you know imagine you've got country a taking money from country b uh and someone in country c doesn't want to move to country a um but they're going to be a full-time employee of a and yeah this everything can get everything like this can get real annoying in a way that like people people don't want to hear us talk about fucking accounting, but the the barriers to, the barriers to this are probably more administrative than anything else. Um, I mean, it would be good at least to identify a list of people who are saying I, I want to go and do that thing in that place, especially if it was a set scheme. Yeah, something like an Endeavor Research Fellowship in Australia was deliberately designed for people to go overseas and travel. Like, okay, what would happen if we had the stay at home version of that? And you had really strong collaborative contact and proper intercommunication, inherent training, etc. That was a skill development opportunity. Um, I mean, these things are already happening, but, but but I think the difference there is you you become an employee of of that other place, and the university sends them money, so it takes a bit of the complication out. But these things are already happening in some way. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I don't think there's a big enough market to think about, like let's get a SaaS business that facilitates this. It's <laughs> I do I do like <laughs> the idea. Look of- at look at my look at my mindset changing now. Immediately thinking about I'm killing your idea. Commercial organization that fits into that. I mean, but also I mean, a lot of that stuff is a lot of that stuff is real boring. I do like your idea of, of universities that already have a network. Um, like you know, you mentioned the Russell Group, and you know. Every university is part of some sort of university network. For them to actually sort out a way of making and, and 
already setting up those paths of um, like all the boring administrative stuff. Um, that could be possible because if you do it for one person, then obviously you have the template for for another person. So actually having that'd be a, well, really have a very precise you have a very precise template if they're within the same payment structure and yeah. they're coming from the same place. Yeah, and you have a lot of uh, like institutional knowledge. If you're liking what you're hearing, there are a few ways you can support the work that we do when everything hurts. First, you can throw some of your spare change to us each month, $5 to be exact, and you'll get access to a bonus episode every single month. There's also a $1 tier that will get you access to the Everything Hurts newsletter and the occasional bonus episode. Second, we've got a merch store where we sell hoodies, shirts, and coffee mugs, which is our most popular thing that we sell, so you can tell everyone that you listen to the best science podcast in the world. Third, you can tell your friends about the show by sharing links to episodes on social media. James and I love seeing these posts. For links to our Patreon page and merch store, check out the show notes. What other things do you think we should keep now that we're getting back to normal, or what should we throw away? What should you, what, what should get into the sea? Uh, <laughs> what's sea bound? What is sea bound? Um, what is what is sea bound? Toot toot, landward ho! Oh wait, the other way. Uh, obviously, the thing that people talk about a lot is conferences, and I am very much in two minds about making conferences a entirely online experience <sighs> for a variety of reasons. One is when you're there and you see something or you overhear something, you're in an environment, you're able to take in a lot more information in person than anything else. It's literally easier to walk around a poster session and look things than it is to be able to scroll through them. Because you're recognizing everything at a glance. You hear what people are saying. People may or may not approach you yourself. Um, you go to different talks. You actually socialize with people. Um, this I met plenty of people at a conference where I've been back in town somewhere and said, oh, hey, well, we haven't talked for three or six months, but um, do you want to have half a dozen beers and fight a cop next time I'm in wherever? And she always says yes. <laughs> see, see, see. I was bucking with your preconceptions there. No, not obviously not that. I haven't fought a cop in about five years, mate. It's on some kind of traveling crime show here. Um, you know, I actually, I was so, actually. But uh, also, but da, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I got a mad a, a tangent. Lot of people, a lot of the people, fuck your tangent. A lot of the people <laughs> who were saying that I was saying, hang on, just give me a second. All right, go. Then you can have your tangent. The thing, the that's that's the first thing is like don't be so readily available to throw out the physical experience of being a place and I mean as might be expected, I never would have gone to if it wasn't for a conference I never would have gone to Florence. Yeah, I'm really glad I went to Florence. It's one of those places that one of those few places that lives up to its reputation. Um, I guess we're lucky it was in like a peak. Uh, the, the tourist season wasn't fully on. <laughs> the the second like a, is a lot. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the SPRs. Yeah. It's fantastic. 
Um, I did not go to a lot of conference, but I went to the important bits, and I do go to a lot of Florence, and I was fucking charming. Um, the other thing is a lot of the grousing that I've heard, in fact, I'd say probably more than half of the bitching has been people who are like, I don't want to fly halfway around the world to give my special talk for half an hour and then fucking have to leave, bloody blah. I mean, it's sort of valuable experience in the first place. I mean, you're talking, my time is at a premium. Everyone's time's at a premium. Fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah? You're yeah. not as important as you think you are. Um, especially, I mean, also, I mean, it doesn't retain any other inherent value to you. You should have been suggesting this 10 years ago when it became possible in the first place, for fuck's sake. You know? It's more sort of now people have stopped inconveniencing me personally. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe other people want to hear you, you arrogant prick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they want to meet you. Maybe you're some kind of gatekeeper because we've completely fucked up whether, whether or not we have any uh, ability to move through academic hierarchies. Because, you know, the, the, the age that you get your first R01 grant in the US is now, I think, 85. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're even allowed to, you're not even allowed to write the application unless you shop in the elder care aisle at Walgreens, <laughs> you know? Can they give you a card? So, I'm, I'm, I'm very sense, I'm very sensitive to people doing shit like that. Um, and I mean, even when you, you, even when you're doing it on a shoestring and the ass is out of your pants and you go to all the free drinks events because you you don't want to you, you don't want to spend you don't want to spend your fucking train money on beer. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make it not. It doesn't make it not fun. Assuming a like a very basic level of social support, I don't know. People are more fucked up than that. And that, yes, there's accessibility issues. There's all sorts of other things. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, part of me very tritely wants to say, like, move to a country that has just even the basic level of support for, uh, <laughs> for academic endeavor in the first place. But just like no, your data science, that's. Mate. Yeah, 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 but that's just me being that's just me being frustrated with the 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 fact that there's people who are, you know, who are doing these jobs who are like, yeah, this is just all of this is just impossible for me. So it's obviously a huge accessibility issue. I wonder if I mean the other thing is if you're going to do this, you when you put digital talks on a pedestal, it's really fucking weird that I mean all you're changing about like making YouTube videos is the fact that it's synchronous and it's all about the same stuff. If you wanted to, you know, you could just you could just have a video edition of a fucking journal. It was basically the same as a conference, you know, where 12 new videos come out at the same point in time. Like you're all content creators and you drop them all on the 1st of March and then anyone can watch whatever they whatever they want. People are um, already doing this though, like it's not, you yeah. don't have to do any sort of video production stuff. People are already very much used to the idea of, I'm going to do a presentation in, in Zoom, in Teams, or whatever you use, and I'm going to present that whether you record it, whether you do it live. People aren't expecting crazy production values for these sort of things. Mm. I like this kind of idea. Which is a, which is a shame. Well, I I saw demand some, demand ring lights from your ugly. Professors. Yeah, yeah, you can see you can see them pop up in the eyes. I've seen some <laughs> journals now offer the option of a video abstract, where you can summarize your research. Kind of, kind of like I mean, journals have tried a whole a whole bunch of different things, like the um, the, the graphical abstracts, which I think are underrated. People like to shit on the old graphical abstract. 
but I think they're actually quite underrated and I like them. I think I think they're good. It reminds me of the whole three-minute thesis competition where you're only allowed one slide and you mm. can present and summarize your work. So I think the opportunity to summarize your work in that way is a good thing and I think that's very, very underrated. Um, but yeah, video abstracts is becoming a thing as well. Sure. Well, we, look, we're getting into the weeds here, but I mean, it, it, what it comes down to is, is this an event for a community or is this a protected point in time to facilitate information transfer? What is a conference? If it's information transfer, then the whole thing's been unnecessary the entire time. If it's about being a member of a community, then oh, get on a fucking plane. Um, it is, yeah. It it would it would be nice uh, and substantially more equitable for some of the larger events to be more straightforwardly facilitated. Um, especially because, I mean, a lot of stuff, there's, there's conferences that are so big they fuck up people's ability to get accommodation in the first place. SFN comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, when that, you mean, there's, it's perfectly possible to do hybrids. Um, it's perfectly possible to take all the administrative shit out of a conference and do it separately. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of society things, like the whole backbone of the conference is a shitload of like meetings and quorums yeah, okay, and, yeah. and, and things uh, like meeting, you know. So, this, you, yeah, sometimes you, you go to a conference and you see that there's like those rooms and every single room has got 12 old people in it talking about how they've got some position on something. Right, um, but they piggyback a lot of that shit, especially and elections matter for that as well when it comes to society members and whatever. Um, it, it can all be split out. Um, one thing that I would like to see to be able to facilitate how these things are going to evolve is better services and information available for people who want to organize an online conference because. There's a lot of AV and back-end shit that you've got to do to make sure that goes smoothly. That's a, It's still a real... I mean, it's probably a lot easier than trying to figure out where 12,000 people are going to fucking sleep. But it, that doesn't make it easy. It's simply uh, you have a different series of concerns. So, I mean, I've done a few conferences and talks and whatnot over the last year, all digital, um, some of which I wasn't wearing pants in, but I'm not going to tell you which. You got a guess? You got a guess? Um, and the differences between like how the AV was managed every time it was a different system yeah every time it was handled differently some people were fine when I showed up like five minutes before the talk I mean I handled these things like down to a wire all day I plan sometimes what I'm going to do 90 seconds between calls I'm fucking busy yeah and not pretend busy Actual, real fucking busy. So when I show five, five minutes before the call, it's a stunning courtesy on my part. I'm perfectly capable of getting there 10 seconds out, I assure you. But some people are like, oh, cool. He's here. Everyone's here. This is fine. Everyone chat amongst yourselves. This will be straightforward. And other people freak the fuck out. I wasn't like connected to the thing 20 minutes beforehand. I'm getting emails. Where are you? I'm fucking right here. I'm answering another email, dickhead. You said three. Yeah. I'll be there at 2.57. <laughs> I haven't forgotten because we've exchanged a lot of communication about the language that I'm going to use or something. 
it would be nice for, for that to collectively evolve and to have one platform that emerged as a leader with guidelines and expectations and like even basic stuff like the URL management over time. Can you set a persistent URL in advance or all these things get dynamically generated fucking 10 seconds beforehand? How does everyone get it? Is it all managed through the same conference page? Um, And you realize sometimes just how bad (laughs) this would be really funny if it was a a, like information, uh, information science and network security conference. It would be really funny, but it's, it's funny enough when people are, like, oh, Christ, well, digital resources are confusing me. Um, it would it would be nice for a market leader to emerge and for there to be really good collective resources about what's the best way, what's the best way we can do this. Um, side side note, um, you've you've heard, everyone here obviously has heard of uh, Elsevier, <laughs> as might be expected. Just say yes, Daniel. Yes. Okay. So Elsevier are owned by uh, a bigger public public company called Relix. Relix. Yeah. Which is um uh, is the Reed Reed Elsevier merger years and years ago. Um, what they don't realize um is that uh <laughs> they they own a huge group. Uh, that organize that is a, a group a group that organizes um in person conferences. Um so they took a huge haircut during the plague. Read exhibitions. Yeah. They run trade shows and conferences and things like that and you know. So I'm sure I'm sure that the the Elsevier parent company really copped it during the during the Malone. That should make a couple of people happy, you know. <laughs> but, but, but a lot of these, um, a lot of these online companies have, um, have have pivoted to doing. Sorry, a lot, a lot, a lot of these in-person conference, um, companies have pivoted to doing these online things. But there's still, um, it's an incredible amount of eye, of eye gouging of of price gouging with this sort of thing because they're, they're charging the same sort of costs. When essentially you can do these things. I mean, nothing, nothing is free. People, have you got an? Have you got an example? Um, yeah, I mean, okay, I got a great example. Neuromatch. Yeah, you may have heard of Neuro. You may know Neuromatch. It's not a conference per se, but it is a summer school for computational neuroscience. And I'll post a link um, to a description of Neuromatch. But they actually published uh, published a paper um, in uh, came out today in Trends in Cognitive Sciences, or came out a few days ago, which is explaining what they were doing. And it's essentially a three-week computational neuroscience summer school. And from what I remember, the cost is free or very, very cheap. Like I'm talking like like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And that essentially is paying for the hosting. And all the stuff they're doing is using free online tools, a mixture of free online tools um, for doing this teaching and communication. And of course, there's a lot of volunteers doing the do, do, doing all the all, all the leg, all the legwork for this kind of stuff, but the reviews from people who have done it have just been incredible. Yeah, um, and people are 
people have been absolutely loving it as a way. I, I think I think um, my PhD student is is going to do it next year. Um, it's um, it, it, it looks it looks fantastic, and all I hear is good things about it. So I'll post a link to the um to the the paper which is describing lessons from uh from neuromatch and how they were able to actually build um it got so big they were able to have tutorial groups in arabic farsi french german greek hebrew hindi italian mandarin portuguese turkish spanish a whole bunch of stuff um and yeah okay so i found it lord the registration fee for this three-week workshop was a hundred bucks yeah um, and, and they even oh, 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 now that's value for money. That is value for money, and they even they basically they adjusted the fee based on national median wage differences. That's amazing. So what 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 is a hundred bucks? What is the hundred hey, like equivalent like, in Turkey? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, how good is that? Use the big use the Big Mac index. The big I love Mac, it. Yeah, the big the Big Mac index, and uh, this Neuromatch demonstrates that it is possible. To run these sorts of events um, using online technologies with a, with a small cost, with a reasonable cost, it costs money to host data and host servers and throw video and pixels around the internet. So this plus a community, but all this is look look one thing I always hear about: oh, we need conferences because it supports societies. Is that these societies mm-hmm. already have these communities? So rather than these societies paying other companies. Like read events to 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 spend exorbitant amounts of money to um, to run these conferences, which means the registrations are so expensive that people can't even come. Why not shift those volunteer hours to actually running these online things like Neuromatch? We yeah, it's totally possible. Well, Dan, Dan, there's a there's I mean there's a huge fallacy in what you just said. I mean, is there are societies out there going? We still need to have conferences and charge lots of money because it's very expensive. Um, you're talking about the difference between net and gross, and if the thing just got a whole lot fucking cheaper, keep your margin and cut your base. Um, you know, let's say we have a thousand dollar. It costs. Uh, we have a really expensive conference. I don't know. We hold it on the top of a fucking hill where the the pathway up is 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 coated in platinum. I don't give a shit. So we have a thousand dollar conference. Um, and from that. We have a $700 base that we're spending, and then we have a uh, $300 of profit, right? So, uh, the $300 is, is your, your profit, and the other is your expenses, right? Okay, and if it's $100 now because we've made it digital and you want to keep the same amount of money, yeah, I mean, it's gouging is keeping the lights on in the society but you should be seeing a big fucking reduction exactly. yeah because you're not you're not paying for professional services you're not paying for catering you're not paying for the hotel you're not paying for the space you're not paying for the security yeah so i have seen a lot of the smaller conferences in particular have been real popcorn when it comes to like how much does it cost 50 bucks um like a hundred bucks. Uh, this hasn't changed, incidentally. Like I look sometimes at trade shows, things like that now that are relevant to uh, business, and that has definitely not changed because the companies that facilitate those things, even though they've moved them online, the companies that facilitate those things have uh, <laughs> they have a profit motive in a way that the society of fucking inverted nipple neuroscientists never will. 
So they saw the whole thing as an opportunity, um, you know, and especially in a lot of the space, there's no fucking, there's no competition because all of this is about like really tight interconnected networks of uh, people who are in- influencing a certain business. This is especially true in some of the kind of para-government space that I occasionally have to walk in. So, yeah, trust me, you're, you're getting off light. <laughs> I, I <would> <laughs> That's still see. coming for me. I would love to see a bit more transparency in how societies are spending money. So, for me, if I was to say, okay, these are the annual dues um, and these are the cost of the conferences, and if they just said, if they just said in plain language, hey, um, for this, for these conferences, we make like you know twenty percent profit, and for that, fifteen um, percent goes back towards um, paying. Um, uh, for, for, for early career research prizes or for bursaries so people can attend. If I could actually see that, I'd go, cool, this, this is fine. I'm happy with this. But for, for some societies, it's just like you, you, you're, putting, you're putting the numbers together and you're like, where does the actual money go? Especially now that conferences um, are going online and charging essentially the same amount. If they were, if, if it cost you know twenty percent less to to run it online than it did to run it vert, to, to run it in person, then the the cost should be twenty percent less accordingly. If you still want to support society, but um, you know, I don't know. I want to see more transparency because for a lot of societies that I've sort of been to conferences and I'm just like, gee, gee, this isn't worth it. <laughs> like, it's not very clear what they're actually... Other societies are fantastic in terms of what they do to support um, people who can't afford to come to conferences to increase the diversity of people in that particular field and for the actual stuff that they're doing. But others, I'm just like, oh, I just don't see the value in that. So more transparency, I think, would really help because right now there isn't a bunch when you actually look at a lot of these uh, websites. Yeah, it would. Um, and even if they're non-profits, which a lot of these are, um, that's not that specific level of accounting is not available as a public disclosure thing. So, I mean, it would be interesting, but I mean, Dan, you've got to... Not a lot of people are going to care. Not a lot of people are going to read that. It's just us, really. Um... But I think that's just from because we've made this space for ourselves where we complain a lot and then start get start getting curious about the structure of the things we we suddenly feel compelled to complain about. We've made our own we've made our own bed of nails here. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back again soon in um, in a couple of weeks. This is one of those weird months where there's three there's five Mondays. Oh, five Monday months? Five yes, Monday it months. is, because so, the 31st is a Monday. Yes. Well, well, well. So, we'll, we'll see you in a while. It'll be three weeks. Take care of yourself, get your vaccine, and punch a nun. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, be nice to your mum. That's the one. See you later, everyone. <laughs>